suppose you could call it, was taken to Pedro Miguel by train. Unopened? Yes. After I broke the seal on it and saw the contents. Again, all alone? By myself, yes. After viewing the... Uh, well, immediately afterward, I wired Secretary Taft. Stevens trailed off, his breath laboring in effort to keep up with the frantic pace of Roosevelt. Dreadful humidity, the president said. He attempted to wipe the hot rain from his forehead with a damp handkerchief. I had wished to view the working conditions in Panama their most unfavorable, and I believe I certainly have. They were quiet the remainder of the walk, Roosevelt taking in the jungle and the many houses and buildings that Stevens had erected during the last year. Remarkable man, Roosevelt mused, but he'd expected nothing less. Once this matter was decided, he was looking forward to the tour of the canal effort. There was so much that interested him. He was anxious to see one of the famed hundred-ton Bucyrus steam shovels that so outperformed the ancient French excavators. He longed to ride in one. Being the first president to ever leave the States, he certainly owed the voters some exciting details of his trip. <sighs> Over there, to the right... Stevens gestured to a small shack nestled in an outcropping of tropical brush. There was a sturdy padlock hooked to a hasp on the door, and a sign warning in several languages that explosives were contained therein. No one else has seen this, Roosevelt confirmed. The Spaniard team was deported right after the discovery. Roosevelt used the sleeve of his elegant white shirt to clean his spectacles while Stevens removed the padlock. They entered the shed, and Stevens shut the door behind them. It was stifling in the small building. The president immediately felt claustrophobic in the dark, hot room, and had to force himself to stand still while Stevens sought the lantern. Light soon bathed the capsule setting before them. It was better than twelve feet long, pale gray, with carvings on the outside that resembled Egyptian hieroglyphics to Roosevelt. It rested on the ground, almost chest-high, and appeared to be made of stone, but it felt like nothing the president had ever touched. Running his hand across the top, Roosevelt was surprised by how smooth, almost slippery, the surface was, like an oily silk, but it left no residue on the fingers. How does it open? he asked. Stevens handed his lamp to Roosevelt and picked up a pry bar hanging near the door. With a simple twist in a near-invisible seam, the entire top half of the capsule flipped open on hidden hinges like a coffin. My dear God in heaven, the president gasped. The thing in the capsule was horrible beyond description. My sentiments exactly, Stevens whispered. And it is alive? From what I can judge, yes, dormant, but alive. Roosevelt's hand ventured to touch it, but the man who charged up San Juan Hill wasn't able to summon the nerve. Even being prepared for it, I still cannot believe what I am seeing. The president fought his repulsion, the cloying heat adding to the surreality of the moment. Roosevelt detected a rank animal smell, almost like a musk coming out of the capsule. The smell of the thing. He looked it over head to foot, unable to turn away. The image seared itself into his mind to become the source of frequent nightmares for the remainder of his life. What is the course of action, Mr. President? Destroy it? How can we? 
Is it all right? Think what this means. But what if it awakens? Could we contain it? Why not? This is the twentieth century. We are making technological advancements on a daily basis. Do you believe the public is ready for this? No, Roosevelt said without hesitation. I do not believe the United States or the world, even in this enlightened age, would be able to handle a discovery of this magnitude. Stevens frowned. He didn't believe any good could come of this, but as usual, he had trouble going toe-to-toe with Roosevelt. Speak your mind, John. You've been living with this for a month. I believe we should burn it, Mr. President, then sink its ashes in the sea. You are afraid. Even a man of your standing, sir, must admit to some fear gazing at this thing. Yes, I can admit to being afraid, but that is because we...